Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Woe is Media. Once again, we're recording in the morning. Therefore, Alyssa sounds like the Space Mountain voice. And Annabelle sounds... You sound like the Space Mountain voice. Exactly. Annabelle sounds perfectly normal, but that is not... I've been the point a little longer than Alyssa. <laughs> That's not the point of this episode. This episode today is we're going to talk about things in business and entertainment, like we always do. but. It's going to be fun, like it always is. I don't know really where I'm going with this, so we're going to kill the bit. Annabelle, what are you doing today? What an intro. Hard to follow that, Alyssa. <laughs> um, I got two stories today. My first one is about the great September sell-off that happened yesterday. Um, pro tip, if you were invested, don't look at your portfolio because you're going to be sad. Um, maybe look at that at the end of the quarter, um, but not right now. And my second story is about everything that's coming out of Apple. They had their annual iPhone event last week. So we're going to cover what went on there and what's, you know, in their upcoming suite of products. And then they have a software update that came out last night. So we're going to cover that as well. What have you got? Today, we're going to be covering the slightly delayed reactions to last week's Met Gala. And we're also going to be talking about a figure that I knew about growing up but Annabelle did not, but they have a movie coming out about them. So we're going to be talking about The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Ooh, okay. I'm excited. Alyssa specifically told me not to research this. She was someone that when you were growing up in the South in like the 80s and 90s, partially the 70s, you knew who she was. I'm going to just leave it mm-hmm. at that. And now it's gotten okay. to a point where virtually nobody knows who she is because she has since passed, but- right. Now with this new movie, more people will learn about her. And I just find her fascinating, so. Gotcha, okay, cool. (laughs) I'm excited. All right, we're gonna start off with the first story, my first story being the meh gala. See what I did there? Uh Uh-huh, I'm assuming you uh, were not super big on the theme and the red carpet looks this year. It's not even that I wasn't impressed with the theme. I was not impressed once again with the people that were invited not following the damn theme gotcha yeah like you know who i am listeners you do too if there is a theme to be followed Alyssa's doing it Alyssa loves a costume she loves a moment she goes all out and for those of these people that get invited to this fancy schmancy met gala and don't follow the theme i get a little pressed that's the one thing that they ask you to do when you come to the Met Gala is follow the damn theme. So, one job. Really, though, it's, it's literally that meme. You had one job. So the 2021 Met Gala took place this Monday, September 13th. And while exciting to revive the event and the fashion world itself, it was fairly underwhelming. This is my personal opinion, but I understand that Vogue makes the theme fairly vague so that guests can interpret it in a variety of ways. I understand that. I just wish it would be slightly more specific because I'm tired of celebrities just wearing whatever the F they want and finding a cheap ass way to tie it into the theme. Like you can see the cogs rolling in their head when they approach like the Vogue correspondence and they're like, this means America to me because I like sequins and sequins scream America to me, like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's like at least come up with a pitch before you walk out there. Come on now. 
Exactly. Overall, I enjoyed the like cultural moments for the guests of color and interpreting pride for America in the times that we currently live in. But as for the white guests that were invited, I wanted more historical references instead of relying solely on a, an American designer. And we barely even got that. I'll get to that in a second. Um, I wanted to go over a few ideas that I had for outfits. I wanted to see dresses made entirely out of quilts. I wanted nods to colonial America. I wanted more Western wear. There were like maybe two or three people that referenced the American West. That's, yeah, hello. Like, why would you not do a cowboy costume? That's atrocious to me. Exactly. And one of them that was really disappointing, I didn't talk about her in like my singular favorites. I love Casey Musgraves. She's the country queen. Yeah. She did not look anything like country, Western, anything. And I was really pissed, not gonna lie. I wanted more native guests representing the OG Americans. I wanted nods to Rosie the Riveter. I wanted a reference to the space race. Like, where were the zoot suits? More sports references to people like Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, Flojo, an outfit made entirely out of college pennants. At this point, I was going crazy with my ideas. Like, first lady references, American artists like Jackson Pollock, George yes. O'Keefe, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Like, I wanted so much and I got so little. Why did nobody consult you on this? You clearly have a myriad Thank of you. ideas. Thank you. Thank you. That's how I felt as well. I was sitting on my couch watching the two hour coverage and I was like, where was I? So naturally, because I have so many opinions, I came up with four categories for us to talk about outfits. Well, technically five, because I got favorites, people who understood the assignment, honorable mentions, not favorites, and Annabelle's picks. And each of these categories only have five people. So we're not going to bore you guys forever. So Annabelle, I would like to um, direct you to the Google Drive so we can look at these outfits together. Are we all, are we all there? We are all here. All right. So first we're going to go over my favorites and number one, mo most of these are not in any particular order, but I have to give her the number one spot. It's Iman in Harris Reed. This look. This was an outfit. This, this, is, this is a moment. This is referencing, obviously, there could be native references to sun gods in this, but I also, what I love is the cage, kind of referencing like colonial America, but it also could be referencing like the French revolution, so to speak, but it's a cage with feathers attached to it. And then under it, you see she's basically wearing a pantsuit and the pantsuit is bro brocade gold. Mm -hmm. And she looks stunning yes i want to know how she got to the met gala because i can't imagine that headpiece fit into a car of any kind personally i thought it was like in the back trunk and she just like you know snuck into the bathroom before she walked the red carpet yeah maybe it folds or something mm -hmm. because the designer who she was the guest of the designer harris reed he had a very similar outfit on as well so mm -hmm loved yes, her this is a really pretty one she looks lovely oh she was she was glowing on the red carpet she looked amazing so next i have alton mason in theophilio which i was not aware of who this gentleman was he is a model but mm -hmm. for me he had one of the best moments in men's fashion for the night he's in this white 
almost like military inspired jacket with like pearl and like diamond embellishments. And then you go down to the pants, the, um, the embellishments are continuing on the side of the pants. And then you get down to the shoes, which are basically pearl encrusted boots. Yes. I love the shoes. I would totally wear those. Exactly. I love the high collar. I love the matching earrings. I just, I love the, the slight hint of fringe at his sleeves, like the cuffs. I thought he was, he was killing it. Like men's fashion has never been the same since Chadwick Boseman, may he rest in peace, went to the Met Gala to the heavenly bodies exhibit and he slayed like no one has ever looked that good. And he actually brought stakes to men's fashion, in my opinion, when it comes to like red carpets. So obviously without him, he is dearly missed, but we need someone to take control of his legacy and bring it in a new direction. And I'm hoping Alton Mason shows up to more things because I really love this look. Dev Patel can't do it all by himself. Exactly, you know, you know, exactly. Next, we have Yara Shahidi in classic Christian Dior. She's giving nods to Josephine Baker, who, Annabelle, are you familiar with? Was she from the flapper era? Yes, 1920s. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting from this dress with the gloves, and it's very like decadent, but it's also very traditionally feminine. She has kind of the, um, the headband, which is very common for the 1920s so yeah I could definitely see the uh the nods to the roaring 20s here can I tell you something please where that headband is Mm -hmm. that is actually a cap made of hair that she has on top of her own hair and it's braided Mm -hmm. it's braided so it's kind of blending modern um black hair with old school black hair plus she has the spit curl in the middle um, like you said, she has the slouchy glove. She has a capelet. She just looks stunning, in my opinion. Like I saw this look and I was like, okay, here we're, we're going somewhere. We have nods to a classic American icon and I love it. Yeah, I'm zooming in now and I do see what you mean about the hair. I kind of like that combination. I always think that like, and I'm obviously no expert. This is Alyssa Super Bowl, but my opinion of like, what the Met Gala should be is obviously you want to follow the theme, but I, I think it's also important to look elegant, whether that be an avant-garde or something a little bit more simple. It's just a matter of personal style, but I think this is a really good example of her looking elegant, but still being on theme without being too like A, obvious, but B, cheesy. No, I agree. She's got the American references, but she's also keeping true to the Christian Dior European glamour of it all. Like it's, it's very Dior. It's very Mm -hmm. Dior. All right. So next we have Normani in Valentino Haute Couture. And y'all, when I saw her, I immediately said she looked like the holiday Barbie. I went and did some research and specifically she is not, I don't know if this is what she's actually referencing, but in my mind, she's referencing the 1994, the 2000 and the 2020 holiday Barbies. Cause this is like an amalgamation of all those looks. She's got this beautiful jewel just falling between her titties, looking amazing. Her hair is pulled back, but it's also like a little fashionable. Like you see the little fringe to the side, the, The silhouette is gorgeous. You have the shoulders, you have the long train. This color is everything on her. Her makeup matches. It's it's a win for me. 
I was going to say, I love that color on her. It looks wonderful. Amazing. Did you play with holiday Barbies as a child? Mm-mm. Oh. I played with Barbies. I don't think I ever had a holiday one, though. I don't think I did either, but I always remembered seeing them in the stores. And mom was like, they're too expensive. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, Pam. No cornbread and ham. It's just not working. Okay. Next we have, this is the last person in my favorites category. This is Barbie Ferreira in mm-hmm. Jonathan Simkai. Now I don't, I haven't watched Euphoria, but I've been told that she's a member of the cast and I loved everything about this look except the hair. Yeah, this is another kind of flapper inspired look. A lot of jewels, some fringe. She has a little bit of like what looks like a pearl in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not a huge fan of the makeup. The hair doesn't bother me too much. The makeup to me is 20s. Like the 1920s had those very like thin brows. So I'm not mad about that. But to me, the hair is giving more turn of the century 1900s instead of the 1920s. So we got a little confused on our eras. Um, Mm -hmm. I would have loved if she came out in a cute little Louise Brooks bob. No one knows who I'm talking about, but she was like a a famous flapper. Like she's one of the people that like, when you think flapper, it's Louise Brooks. And I loved how the god the pearls the way they like cascade down the side of her body plus the shoulders like it's almost giving like curtain kind of feel like it's laid like a curtain I love how like the diamonds are mixed mashed in there once again I appreciate that she went on brand with the makeup so I'm I'm, I loved this look Yes, it's a good one. All right. So next we have those who understood the assignment. And I would like to direct you to this next lovely lady that we have. Her name is Quana Chasing Horse in Dundas for Revolve. She is, as far as I could find and tell, the only native guest Mm -hmm. at the America-themed Met Gala. She is a model. She is also an activist. She, I can't remember the name right now. I'll go look it up later. But the jewels that she is wearing actually belong to a Native American pageant winner, I believe. Like she's like Miss Native or something. And when the lady found out that Kwana was going to the Met Gala, she was like, you have to wear my jewels. So this is like authentic, like Native American turquoise um i believe that little piece on her chin is in fact a tattoo because every picture i've seen of her she has it on it may just be a style choice but may i i believe it's a tattoo um kwana is um hanguishin which is a tribe located in canada and alaska as well as oglala lakota which is located in south dakota so representing different sides of the world but and different tribes but also coming together to be like I am America and I love this dress it's gold it has cutouts on the side so you see her beautiful body it also has like almost like a capelet her shoes match I think she's stunning yeah she looks great I totally agree it's a very good look for her big fan and also she's been getting like major press now like she she was like a runaway star at the Met Gala like everybody's like who is she what's her name so (laughs) I love that for her 
Next, in those who understood the assignment, we have Saweetie and Christian Cowan. Now, you may look at this dress and be like, this is pretty basic. And her titties are out. And that's great, Alyssa. But how does this represent America? Let me tell you. She's about to fall out of it. I love that for her. Like, she looks good. She's about to fall out of it. I tried to, I was trying to find a picture that showcased the dress, but mainly I want you to focus on these two capes that she's carrying behind her. Do you notice the colors? Red and black. Red and black. And? I'm zooming in. I'm mainly looking at the golden retriever behind her. I I figured you would. I was like, this is going to be a detriment (laughs) to the mission. I'm sorry. Why am I like this? Um, He was also a runaway star at the Met Gala. Is it, is there like a white looking capelet? Silverish? So on one side, she has black and red, like you said. And on another side, she has a yellow, blue, white, and red cape. And oh, I see. I'm sorry. That was was on the floor of the picture. I was looking at her back. Yes. No, you're fine. And she explained that the black and red cape represents the black heritage flag while the yellow, blue, white, and red one represents the Filipino flag, the flag of the Philippines. Love this. Sweetie is a biracial queen. She is Black and Filipino. And she was like, this is what makes me American because two people who had a dream came together, fell in love in this wonderful country and made me so that I could pursue my dream and continue on the legacy of those that came before me. That is not a direct quote, but that's pretty much like how I interpreted her interview on the red carpet. And I thought it was stunning. I was like, yes, sorry, I didn't mean to shout, but I was like, yes, <laughs> you get it. This is a, this is a fun, modern take on what America means to you. And I loved it. Yes. She looked great. Yes. And her tits look amazing. Anyways, also, I was so confused because the, I saw people like during the Met Gala on Twitter being like, who is Sweetie? Y'all, if you don't know who Sweetie is by this moment in time, get your life together. Please go listen to her yeah, music. Come on, she has a McDonald's meal. What are you people She's doing? Really, though? She's so talented. Like, I was really flabbergasted by that. I was like, how do you not know who Sweetie is? Okay, next we have Lupita Nyong'o in Atelier Versace. So. This to me, while denim, I believe, was not created in the U.S., denim is very much an American fabric. Yes, you, I agree. Very Americana. There's, there's nothing more American than denim. So I loved the structure of this dress. I loved the little fan up at the chest, down to the side, and then it continues down at the bottom of the skirt. I like the little sheer piece. I was kind of feeling it. Normally, I don't feel that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, her hair is styled in an afro, which is tr- not traditional, but like Black America. It's, it's a signature hairstyle. Her mm-hmm. jewels are stunning. Her makeup is lovely. Her makeup matches the dress. And I could have sworn in some of the lighting on the red carpet, it almost looked like she had blue tints in the afro as well to match the dress. Mm-hmm. So I was well, just... Real- huh spoiler alert this is actually one of my looks that I pulled as well tell Um, me about it tell me what you feel you took the words out of my mouth I mean I think like 
when you think about quintessential America, you think about baseball and puppies and apple pie and denim. And this is denim. I love the structure of it. I love kind of the fan effect at the bottom. I like how there's a little bit of sparkle in here on the bodice and also on the skirt. I really like almost the peplum effect on the the bust here. I think that looks really nice. It shows off her body, but it's not necessarily like an overly sexy or revealing dress or anything like that, which we can always respect somebody who like, like it's totally fine to show off your body in a more revealing way, but I also can really respect someone who shows up to the red carpet and something a little bit more conservative as well. Cause again, it's about personal style and preference. So I really like this look. I think she looks awesome. Um, and very much understood the theme. I missed her so much. Like Lapidi Nyong'o, in my opinion, always understands the assignment. She always dresses to the nines. It's always within theme. It's always appropriate for what she is attending in the moment. So I am so excited to see her back on the red carpets and I look forward to many, many more. All right, next we have Amanda Gorman and Vera Wang. So she is giving a nod to the Statue of Liberty. She is wearing a beautiful like cobalt blue short dress, but then it has an overlay that is very, very long, gives her a train. Her shoes are matching. It's sparkly. She has a braid. And I don't know why I thought this, but like I, when I saw this look, I was like, yeah, the Statue of Liberty has a braid. Yeah. But then she doesn't. Well, I was getting to that. (laughs) I was like, obviously she doesn't, but for some reason to me, the Statue of Liberty having a long braid going down her back makes sense. I don't know why. She has the gar- garners, garters, not garters, the 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 flat floral things, like the floral crown kind of thing in her hair. I'm not can, sure what the word is either. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's something like gar or something. You can't really see it in this picture, but her makeup, there's like jewels that start on one end of her forehead goes all the way down across her eyes down to the other side of her face. Mm -hmm. I think that's lovely. She has a book for a clutch and the book says, give us your tired, which is a reference to a book that sits at the feet of the Statue of Liberty. So I was like, okay, here we go. We're paying tribute to an American icon that is not a living person. But when you think of America, you think Statue of Liberty, because for many immigrant families, that was the first thing that they saw when coming to America. So I really, I may not be a fan of the entire structure of the dress, but I loved the color. I loved what it meant. And I loved the, I loved the styling mostly like the braid, the, the floral crown, the book clutch. I was really feeling this look. Yes, I agree. I like it too. Also, as a poet laureate, of course, you're going to have a book as a clutch. We love that. So Yes, The New Colossus by Emma Lazarus. Yes, you know. Okay, so last and understood the assignment is probably my favorite. Like, I think she killed. She did everything right. This is Sierra in Dungeon. This beat is automatic supersonic supersonic hypnotic funky, funky fresh. fresh you can even see Quana chasing horse in the back of this picture she's looking at her and she's like damn bitch you look stunning sierra is wearing a dundas dress that is head to toe sequins but it's also a reference to american football and not only american football it's a reference to her husband who plays as number three for the seattle seahawks in bright green and she also has a football clutch this is America. 
She's married to Russell Wilson, which what a power couple, Sierra and Russell Wilson. Did I say Russell Wilson correctly? I don't think you mentioned his name. You just said he played for the Seattle Seahawks. I apologize. This is her moment, not his. Oh, of course. Yes. No, I was watching, um, shout out to Hot LaMode on YouTube. If you guys are interested in like fashion reviews and stuff, he does amazing content. I watched his video and he obviously loved this look, but he called her husband Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is in the NBA. Yeah, I know. So I was, I was making sure that I didn't make the same mistake, but not only is this referencing like modern America with the, with the football and the references to her husband, this is also from what I found out from hot Mode, a reference to a designer from the 1960s and seventies in America. His name was Joffrey Bean. And he had a whole line of sequined football Jersey dresses in the 1960s. So not only are you, yes, you can look it up. They're real. Like you've got an American designer, you've got an American pastime, you've got everything. And I think she nailed it. She looks stunning. She does. She won the night for me in my personal opinion. Yeah, this is a great one. Okay. So next are the honorable mentions. We'll go through them fast. We have Billie Eilish in Oscar de la Renta. It's a lovely dress. It's beautiful. I love the way it sits. I love the boning on the corset of the dress. The issue I have with it is the hair. The hair looks like she just got out of bed. I'm not a fan. They could have spruced it up a little bit more. The color is, she's supposed to look like Marilyn Monroe, isn't she? Yeah, that was definitely the reference. She's also giving, I know I said this is Oscar de la Brenta, but this is a classic Dior silhouette as well. So I'm not mad about that. Color is exquisite. I love this color on her. The the peach is very nice on her. I I like it. I think the hair, yeah, they probably could put in a little bit more effort too. I agree with you. It definitely like I'm I'm not trying to say anything, but it looks a little wiggy. A little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Like a little bit of a shake and go moment, but you know, that's just my personal opinion. That's my opinion. Okay, next we have Kendall Jenner in Givenchy. I loved this look. I thought it was giving me everything, but then I looked at the explanation she gave for what this is in reference to, and she said that she wanted to reference one of Audrey Hepburn's dresses in My Fair Lady, Mm -hmm. and that's where it stopped for me. Audrey Hepburn is a British actress. (laughs) My Fair Lady... My Fair Lady is a musical version of Pygmalion, which is an Anglo-Irish play. Yeah, by George Bernard Shaw. (laughs) That takes place in London. And it's like, you, you had the reference there. You had Audrey Hepburn in a classic movie. Why not? Like, she honestly could have just lied and said like, oh, this is a reference to Breakfast at Tiffany's, though. I was going to say that seems like the wrong movie to me. It would be. But like, you know, uh, like I said, she could have just lied and been like, oh, yeah, this is Breakfast at Tiffany's, even though Audrey Hepburn wears nothing of the sort in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, I agree. She just kind of has the diamonds on in that Mm -hmm. outfit normally. So I was just, I was kind of disappointed with that. It doesn't take away from how stunning this dress is. I can't tell if the embellishments on her uh, torso waist area are stars or flowers. If they're stars, that's fantastic. I love that. But yeah, I was just kind of like, come on, girl, you had it. You were there. You just took a wrong turn at the last second. 
they sort of look like stars to me, but yeah, it is a little hard to tell with the shape. Yes. All right. So next we have Lil Nas X in Versace. I love it. This is only one part. I knew he was going to be on your list. (laughs) He, this is only one part of his three part reveal. And obviously now that Montero is out, go listen to it right now, kids. The second part of his reveal was actually, it looks like a moment in the visual album. I can't remember what song it was, but like he released a video for every song on the album. Some of them were full-fledged music videos. Others of them were just like clippings of like cool art. And one of them had a look similar to the second look that he was wearing on the runway, which I thought was really cool. Once again, men's fashion is pretty damn boring. And I appreciate him coming to play. I did not like the shoe moment, but I love that he chose gold. It goes great with his skin. I love the matching necklace. He has his makeup done to match as well. I'm really feeling him. Versace, however, not an, not an American designer. Yes, that's also true. Yes. But there are a lot of, weren't there plenty of non-American designers who designed outfits for the Met Gala? So I did minimal research as much as I could do. And I found a list of all the designers that I saw represented at the Met Gala. And only, ha- I think it was like 31, 32 designers in total. 16 of them were American. Okay, so roughly half. So roughly half, fine, but could have been better for an America-themed Met Gala. That's all I'm saying. All right, next is, okay, we have two more in the honorable mentions. This is Allison Felix in Fendi Couture. I don't have much to say other than she looks stunning. Her hair is pulled back, so you get the moneymaker of the face. Her makeup is well done. I loved the green jewelry that she accented with that. I thought that was a unique choice. I just think she looks like a beautiful snow princess. I was going to say, I don't totally get what she's referencing unless it's like snowpocalypse in the South, in which case that was pretty funny. In Um, in fact, I love that. Let's go with that. (laughs) But yeah, she looks great. She also was a presenter for the Emmys on Sunday, um, along with Jessica Long, who's a Paralympian, and they both looked absolutely wonderful. My mom was like, who is that woman on the left? And she was talking about Allison Felix. I was like, oh, she's a track star. Her name's Allison Felix. Like she's oh, she been does in the look game stunning. for a long time. My oh. mom was like, she's pretty. She is beautiful. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. she is. She's, she's gorgeous. More than most of us will ever be. And she can show up in that gala looking like this. Truly. All right. And last but not least in the honorable mentions, we're staying on the Olympic train. We have Suni Lee and Sukina. And I just loved she showed up in gold because she won the gold. And in the interviews that she did with Vogue magazine, she was like, I'm an Olympic gold medalist. So what's more American than me showing up in gold, dripping in gold? Yeah, she and, I was, is. and I was like, yes, you're so oh, you understood. You got it. You got it, girl. I just I love the details in this piece. Like I like the um, the brooch kind of thing happening in her hair, holding her ponytail back. I love the little like gold balls that are on the neckline and the the sleeves of the dress. I like how it's a two-parter. I kind of am digging this geometric um, thing in the front that's giving, you can see her lovely legs, but you also get a cape moment. I think she looks stunning. Yes, I like this a lot. She's got a little crown because she is, the queen. The queen of the all-around competition. No yes. one expected her to show up like that when everyone thought it was going to be the Simone Biles show. Simone Biles, as we know, 
needed a moment and thankfully took it and is doing better hopefully um she was at the gala so she was yes and she also looked pretty good so I like when the athletes show up for it just because I feel like they don't necessarily get a lot of attention or they don't get to go to a lot of events like this correct they're at this is more so in the entertainment world but sports are a form of entertainment and yeah you know these women should be able to show their personal style as well absolutely I agree. All right. Now we have the not so favorites and Annabelle knows who I'm starting off with. Cause I was deeply upset. I was texting her on the night of the Met Gala and I was like, we were robbed. I'm so pressed. It's Rose and YSL. Now, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, you know, I said that Rose along with CL who we'll get to in a second, were the first two k-pop female idols to represent at the met gala and i was so excited rose is from blackpink she's a main vocalist she is a ysl ambassador so i was expecting big things i was like let's go and then she shows up in this (laughs) she has been photographed in this not only the dress but she's been photographed in that necklace before so it's a look that many people have already seen her in the makeup is cool um, I didn't so much like the earrings bleeding into the necklace and the hair looked like they pulled it back to get her makeup done and then forgot to do it. Yeah. It just looks messy. Yeah, it does. I'm so upset about it. And this is a woman that I respect wholeheartedly. I love this woman. Like I would marry her in a second if she let me, but I was so upset now Rose and CL, while they're two individuals, I kind of, I, I wanted to show the differentiation because if you look at the next picture, this is CL. She's another K-pop idol. She was a member of a group back in the day, but the group has since split up and now she's more of a solo artist. CL is wearing Alexander Wang and she's giving more not much more, but it was something she's paying tribute to her Korean roots with, if you see that knot that's tied in the front of the robe, that's a traditional hanbok knot. Hanbok is Korean dress for holidays such as Chuseok, which is happening soon, shout out. And her hair is also inspired by a headpiece that was worn by Korean queens, I believe in the Joseon period of the history of Korea. So she's giving nods to her Korean culture, but at the same time, this is a denim robe and like oh my gosh I was about to say like I hate this it looks like a denim bathrobe with like a diaper underneath it yeah I'm not a fan of the the diaper moment but at the same time I'm like she's giving more than rosé yeah it's a little bit more like you could tell there's probably more thought put into this one yeah I would say so like I said they they had art like rosé has fully been photographed in the dress that she wore to the Met Gala prior to that like she did a whole campaign in that dress and I was like y'all couldn't figure out something else to put it put her in really Mm -hmm. really so that's where my anger lies I feel like she was did dirty by YSL we'll see if they stick around next I have a two for one also uh Camila Cabello and Sean Mendez in Michael Kors they look messy. They look like they went to the VMAs the night before, didn't change and just showed up the next day. These, these outfits are not flattering in any sort of way. I don't like her hair. I don't like her makeup. I'm just, I, did you see the video of the cameraman getting really upset when they didn't pay them, pay him any attention and he like smashed his camera? No. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like one of the guys behind them in this picture 
he was like turn around turn around and they couldn't like they had to keep moving up the line and he like full-on like was smashing his camera against that barricade Hmm. seems unnecessary it it was and it captured my feelings for how they looked like I saw a tweet that was like it had a picture of them and it was quoting like hey we don't do this very often but me and my girlfriend saw you across the bar and was wondering if we could buy you a drink like that is the energy energy that they are giving and I don't like it so I like yeah that's a funny meme I like this color um I don't know what's going on with him they just didn't think he needed a shirt I guess yeah I'm not yeah I'm not really here for this either it's 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 giving very age 70s rock stars on both of their behalfs Uh I agree so yeah I'm not a fan okay next we have Amanda Stenberg in Tom Brown um Amanda I don't like anything about this outfit except for the hair they I believe Amanda prefers they them pronouns so I apologize if I'm wrong but I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with they to be safe they are wearing a do-rag made of their own hair yes the hair is creative I there's a cape with this Mm -hmm. and a corset Mm -hmm. and a low-rise pants with the suspender with this like some sort of piping on it that looks like I don't even know what to call that I don't like the lace looking thing and the jacket is piped in the same thing. It just, like there's too much going on. Like they needed to just pick a concept. This does not need the Correct. cape and the corset with like the half suit. T- yeah. It's just like they too much, too much. Correct. Yes. The last two I have in my not so favorites because I don't want to say hate because that's a very strong word. You know, fashion is, objective subjective whatever you want to call it it's up to each person this is lily rose depp and chanel i just didn't like how she's wearing the skirt like low on her hips but then it has an unnecessary belt Mm -hmm. it just it doesn't it doesn't look flattering my main thing is how it's fitting her yeah i i feel like that was botched a little bit i don't i also just don't like the brocading what are those flowers? I, be- I believe if we're going to call them something, they would be flowers. Yes. Yeah. I just, they're like black blobs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's a nice color on her, but yeah, I agree. I don't like the fit. Oh yeah. The color is beautiful. I would have loved to see another like <laughs> black pink uh, moment on her because <laughs> I love those two colors together and I think they would look great on her skin tone. But yeah, this just wasn't it for me. Last but not least, we have Virgil Abloh in Louis Vuitton. Uh, Virgil Abloh is actually the creative director of Louis Vuitton. Mm. And while I give it to him for trying something different and giving us something else, like if you see he's wearing an all white ensemble with a traditional suit jacket on top, but then on the bottom he has pants with almost like a skirt overlay and one Mm. side of the skirt is higher has a higher hemline than the other does he's wearing blue gloves to it doesn't even match blue gloves to match the blue um almost graffiti art across his suit jacket I believe it says modernism and then Mm -hmm. all I could think of when I saw this hat was Thanksgiving turkey 
That's exactly what it looks like is a Thanksgiving turkey. Yes. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like if there's any reference here, this is another one where it's like, they just needed to pick a silhouette. There's too much going on. Correct. Yeah. There's a lot of different ideas that aren't necessarily corresponding for me, but I will say that I did, I have loved the past few collections that have come out under Virgil Abloh for Louis Vuitton. So I'm really excited for the future of him and the company. I just wasn't feeling this moment. Yeah, I agree. All right, baby, you ready to go over yours? Yes, let's do it. All right. Um, so I have a few that I just I didn't like that I wanted to talk about. Um, didn't like slash didn't get. There's a couple I did really like. And then there's one I just I need to talk to you about because I don't I don't know how to feel. Um, so first up, we have Natalia Bryant. Um, I would like to say that she personally looks lovely, but I, this dress is like sequined and I don't mind the sequins or the floral kind of pattern so much as I do the shape of it. She looks like an Easter egg. Can I tell you? That is not what this, yeah. The only thing I hate about this dress is the train. Really? You like this? I would have really dug this. I love a cool different shape going on and it could have been fitted a little bit better but I love the sequence the embellishments going on I love her shoes I love the beehive hairstyle to match kind of the 60s vibe of it all but yeah the only thing I don't really like was the train I yeah I will have to agree to disagree on this yeah I just don't like the shape of it at all I didn't realize that was a beehive hairstyle I thought it was some sort of like bonnet hat thing that they put on her I just this personally missed the mark for me I like the color but I don't love the shoes with the bows on them I feel like that looks a little juvenile wow I don't know I wasn't a fan but we'll have to agree to disagree on this one okay (laughs) um next up for mine this is another one I just didn't like um this is kind of a small picture that I downloaded so sorry about that if you can't see the whole thing uh Kim Petras looking like a horse girl I guess that was the joke she's what's more to be- American than a horse girl uh, I don't know I I don't really think I, I guess that's American but I don't know they ride ponies in other countries they do and horses aren't from America so no they're not and I I did not understand like it's one thing to have horse references but like she has a whole the whole bodice is a horse head. Like it was just too obvious and too in your face. I like her hair. It looks like a, a ponytail. Yeah, the braid. The, the braid is nice. The horse um, tail. And I don't know if she like was a horse girl back in the day. If so I guess that's kind of funny that she can be self-deprecating like that. But um, yeah, I just, I thought it was kind of tacky. I also didn't hate this look really oh man the thing is once again the met gala is you know all about experimental fashion and a lot of people show up looking real boring so i i get excited when i see things like this because i'm like you took a risk and it may or may not have paid off but you tried something now am i a fan of the entire horse head on her torso No, but I like the design of the dress that's under it. I like the styling of the hair. I like how the blue eyeshadow matches the blue in her dress. Her shoes are also a red that matches in the dress. I was kind of digging it. All right, then. 
<laughs> well, the the one I really liked was uh, Lupita Nyong'o, which we've already talked about. It's the denim. It looks lovely. Um, so I'll go into the next one that I really liked, which was it, it's not for the dress so much as it is the message, but um, it's representative Carolyn Maloney in her ERA dress. Yes. ERAs and the Equal Rights Amendment. It's kind of in um, Mardi Gras colors. I don't know necessarily why it's in Mardi Gras colors, if that or if that was intentional or not. But um, as a big feminist and supporter of the Equal Rights Amendment, I was here for this dress and I liked that she used, you know, her political clout to kind of weave in with fashion at this event. It's funny that you say they're Mardi Gras colors because historically speaking, um, yellow, green, and purple have been associated with the suffragette movement. I should have known that, but I, that makes more sense now. But yes, I, it's giving me very like sister suffragette moment from Mary Poppins. Yeah. I like the, the flowing parts of it. Like this, she was the first one of the night for me to show up and actually have like America kind of thing going on, like a nod to the suffragettes of the early 20th century, the ERA, obviously now, you know, politics aside, because we can always, you know, go into that, but we're not going to, but I, I enjoyed the different silhouette that she was giving. I enjoyed the references to a historical moment in American history. I, I enjoyed this dress actually. I loved it. Yes. Big, big fan as well. And then my last one that I need your opinion on is, um, Cara Delevingne in this kind of jumpsuit that says peg the patriarchy on the front. It looked like a bib. Yeah, with that's like strapped around her sides. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel because as a feminist, I'm obviously not really in favor of the patriarchy. Peg kind of has like sexual connotations, which kind of does. Has sexual connotations. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think here. I thought it was boring. You know, obviously... Like I just said, politics aside, it just, it's not giving me much. It's very much of that performative white feminism moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying this solely against Cara Delevingne. I just thought the outfit wasn't really giving me much, so to speak, you know. If, yeah, if- no, all things considered, the rest of it is, is boring. It was really just like the words on the front. I wasn't sure how to feel about it's very, yeah, it's very. And once again, if we're going off of like performative feminism, you know, Carolyn Maloney could also be considered in that category. But if we're just talking solely about the fashion, Carolyn Maloney wins. Like she has structure, she has a silhouette, she has interesting concepts and references in the silhouette. So, yeah. All right. Are we good on the Met Gala? We're done. All right. Awesome. My first story, which is not nearly as exciting as the Met Gala. So probably for the best that we zoomed through this. I apologize. I took so long. I have a lot of opinions. No, it's all good. It was fun. Um, This one, I know you won't have as much to say about. I'll just sit back and relax. A little less collaborative on this story. So do you remember the 20th of September? Oh yeah. References. Today is the 21st. Yes, today is the 21st night of September, but yesterday was the 20th, and it was a huge stock sell-off. The S&P 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ experienced significant losses yesterday. 
Um, it was the worst day since July for the Dow and the worst day for the S&P since May. So there were a few things that caused this major sell-off. At one point during the day, the Dow was as low, it dropped by over 975 points, which is a lot. It amounts to a couple percentage points in gains or in losses. So very negative, not good for money. Like I said earlier, don't check your portfolio today. You're going to be sad. Um, but why did it happen yesterday? Like, why did it drop so suddenly? Why was it so precipitous? So four major reasons that we're going to get into here. Um, the first one is obvious without a lot of explanation as to like why it would scare investors. But the first reason is there's still really high COVID cases in this country right now. There have been about 675,000 deaths, which is very alarming and obviously very sad for all of those who have lost somebody to COVID or heart cries out to you. There's also just each day in this country, there's almost 2,000 people who die. Um, most of them have been unvaccinated. They did not receive the vaccine. So that's still an issue that the vaccine rate in this country is pretty low, despite it being available for quite a while now. So that's spooks investors. We're not going to talk about that too much because it's kind of the same old, same old at this point, like not to make light of COVID or anything, but it's just been bad <laughs> for a while. So there's not much more to talk about because there's nothing really different. It's just the Delta variant causing problems. So the next reason that investors kind of panicked yesterday was going on in China with a major risk that could kind of ripple through financial markets globally. So China has a property developer. It's the second biggest property developer in China. It's called Evergrande and it's about to collapse. They are really big and they have $300 billion in debt that they're about to default on. It's a huge bill, $300 billion. So a lot of people are panicking because if a company of this size fails, it will ripple in America and in Europe and in the rest of Asia, like China, when something big happens over there, it's gonna affect pretty much everyone else because China just has obviously the biggest population in the world and they have one of the largest economies. So a lot of people are speculating if the Chinese government is gonna get involved. Um, because we know China has kind of a capitalist economy with more of a communist government in terms of like their authority on everything. They have a tight grip on all of it. Um, so yeah, the people are wondering if the Chinese government is gonna step in either in the form of a bailout or if they're going to have to do something like just a restructuring that's kind of guided by the Chinese government. It's still up in the air. A lot of people think that there's no way the government would fully bail it out just because it's $300 billion. That's kind of a lot for anybody to ask for. Um, but this is definitely one of those institutions that's too big to fail, which if that sounds familiar, that was kind of a term that was thrown around during the 2008, 2009 financial crisis. There were a lot of banks that were on the verge of collapse and the US government had to step in and bail those out because of all their losses on some prime mortgage debt. So, but if they did not bail them out, then millions of people would have lost millions of dollars and individual people too, not just the business. So, and that's kind of what's going on with this property developer in China. They're, you know, gonna have issues with investors, with homeowners, with suppliers and with banks. So bank stocks have mostly been affected so far by this potential collapse of Evergrande. So not really most pertinent to 
kind of most of us on the day-to-day life, but it is something that's kind of spooking investors right now and led to the sell-off yesterday. So secondly, um, next, or excuse me, at some point this week, there will be a Federal Reserve meeting. So Jay Powell is going to be back at it with his little minions and other <laughs> Federal Reserve pre- chapter presidents. Um, and they're going to discuss something called tapering, which is where they're slowly going to ease out of Fed assistance with the economy. They've been doing things right now where they're just buying up millions of government bonds a day. And that is kind of helping support the economy right now, but they're slowly going to taper off those purchases because they don't necessarily feel like the economy needs that help anymore since it's kind of been coming up with the recovery. Um, Obviously, unemployment is still pretty high. It's at about 5.4% right now as of July. So the Fed is obviously concerned with the unemployment rate as it was around 3% prior to the pandemic. So it's still not where they want to be. So the Fed is not going to like walk away completely, but they're going to slowly, you know, kind of ease off what they've been doing here. Jay Powell says though, that they are still very unlikely to raise interest rates. That's still probably about a year or so off. Um, We'll see what happens there. Investors are panicking a little bit because they just don't know whenever the Fed makes a move whether investors like it or not, there's usually some sort of reaction to it. So we'll probably update you next week on what happens at the Fed meeting. Um, But just kind of with that looming uncertainty, that was also part of the reason for the stock sell-off yesterday. And then finally, and this is probably one of the most important things that will affect the most people, um, there is a debt ceiling deadline coming up in Congress. So they must decide to raise the US government borrowing limit before what's called the drop dead date, which is very appropriately named, um, or else the government will default on all of its payments for the first time in history. That's totally unprecedented. That's never happened. We've had government shutdowns before, but they have ultimately ended in Congress deciding to raise the federal debt ceiling. So that would be pretty catastrophic if they decided to just default and not raise the debt ceiling. This is expected to happen around October or so because the fiscal year for Congress ends at the end of September. So at some point in November, or excuse me, in October, they're going to have to figure out how to fund the government for the next few months. Um, Democrats have a piece of legislation in the House that's ready to go that will raise the debt ceiling. Republicans don't want to pass it because they are kind of protesting the proposed spending by President Biden for things like infrastructure and COVID relief and things like that. They're not on board. They say it's reckless and irresponsible and they don't want to contribute to further raising the debt ceiling. Um, But yeah, that's uh, obviously an issue because if the government does default, there are a lot of people who are federal workers who are not going to get paid and they're going to get furloughed. Like if you work for anything from like TSA to the CDC, you're not going to be able to go to work if this doesn't pass because the government is going to be shut down and they can't afford to pay you. So that's going to be rough. Um, it's expected to pass in the House, but it's going to be tough to pass in the Senate because obviously we know that the Republicans have 50% of the Senate and the Democrats have the other 50% of the Senate. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, current Treasury Secretary has stepped up and said, the U.S. has never defaulted on its debt. Doing so would participate a historic financial crisis and could trigger a spike in interest rates drop stocks, and push the economy back into recession. So the U.S. economy is currently in a recovery position coming out of a recession from COVID. But if 
Congress completely drops the ball, then that's going to be an issue. So this is really something that needs to be bipartisan. Republicans and Democrats need to come together because there's a lot of lives and paychecks at stake here. So get it together. But this reason with the debt ceiling, the Fed meeting this week, the high COVID cases, and the potential collapse of Evergrande in China, those are kind of the four primary reasons that there was a huge stock sell-off yesterday. So hopefully we'll get kind of a rebound. A lot of people think this is corrective territory because the market has been on such a tear, and obviously that can't last forever. So we will see what happens. We'll see if it was more of a temporary emotional drop or if it was something a little bit more systemic. But yeah, that's what I got for that story. Awesome. I cut down my other story really a lot because I know that Annabelle is on a time crunch today. So I'm going to give you a very, very base idea of who Tammy Faye is. So Michael Showalter's The Eyes of Tammy Faye premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival last week and is now being released worldwide. So now if you have the opportunity, you can go see it. Many people are probably wondering who in the world is Tammy Faye Baker slash Mesner. Well, I'm going to tell you. Tamara Faye LaValle was born in International Falls, Minnesota to Pentecostal preachers Rachel Minnie and Carl Oliver LaValle. Her mother got a divorce very quickly in her lifetime and soured to ministers and alienated her from church. She said, don't go that way, Tammy Faye. In 1960, Tammy met Jim Baker at North Central Bible College in Minneapolis. They married a year later and started traveling around the United States as Jim preached and Tammy sang and played the accordion. They worked in television ministry prior to leaving Minneapolis and were founding members of the 700 Club. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I know, right? I saw that and I was like, I didn't know the 700 Club had founding members. I felt like it was around forever. Anyways, in 1974, the Bakers found the PTL Club, which is a televangelist Christian news program they initially hosted from an abandoned furniture store in Charlotte, North Carolina. Annabelle, would you like to take any guesses as to what PTL stands for? Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am, it does. Woo! So... It makes glitzy entertainment with down-home family values and put lifestyles of the television on a pedestal, like how you can get rich from becoming a television star, basically. PTL then grew to become its own network and corporate enterprise within a year, generating $120 million annually in the late 1970s. Yes. In 1978, the Bakers actually built a theme park, a Christian theme park called Heritage USA with $200 million from the PTL club. And it was actually ranked alongside Disneyland and Disney World at the time. Like it was a big deal. Like you can hear people talk about going to Heritage USA a lot. So Tammy Faye, During this stage in her life, she was known for providing the sentimental and emotional touch to the show and often discussed taboo topics of the time, such as penile implants and support for the LGBTQ community. In the mid-1980s, at the height of the AIDS pandemic, Tammy Faye actually interviewed Stephen Peters, who was a gay Christian minister with AIDS, on a segment of their show. And during the interview, she addressed the audience, quote, how sad that we as Christians who are to be the salt of the earth, we who are supposed to be able to love everyone are afraid so badly of an AIDS patient that we will not go up and put our arm around them and tell them that we care. Well said. I love that. She continued to advocate for those affected by AIDS and also drug addicts. Um, She would bring them onto the show and talk about like their substance abuse, like candidly, coincidentally at this time in her life, which was like 
the 1980s. She reportedly was also treated for prescription drug addiction, which I believe is going to be um, covered in the actual movie coming out. In 1987, Baker, the Bakers lose control of PTL. It collapses. The organization reportedly paid $287,000 to buy the silence of a woman named Jessica Hahn, who claimed that Jim Baker raped her. Ooh. Yes. Hush money for rape. Yes. Wow. $287,000 of hush money. Good Lord. Yes. Uh, Baker disputed Hans' account in a book that was released in 1997, claiming it was a setup and the sex was consensual. Revelations led to further scrutiny of the Baker's extravagant lifestyle. Like, if you go and look at what they were living in versus what they were preaching about, you know, once again, being the salt of the earth, it's very hypocritical. It's very The Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max, like I mentioned before. The Charlotte Observer later ran an expose of the PTL Club's finances and management practices. and as a result, PTL went bankrupt after yes. Jerry Falwell took over, offering to step in following the scandals in 1988. Many of you may know Jerry Falwell as the founder of Liberty University, which is a private Christian school in Virginia. Thank you. And also, you may know him because his son, Jerry Falwell Jr., was recently he recently resigned from being the president of Liberty University amidst controversy of his own in August of 2020. So that's still kind of in the air. He got the ax. Yeah, he got the ax. He didn't resign. Let's be honest here. Tammy said Faith- some shenanigans. Oh, outside yeah. Of, outside of work that were not in line with Liberty ideals, which once again, people who preach the Christian gospel, not following the Christian word. That's basically what I'm the, the movies covering and very much of that. I, I, I eat that kind of stuff up. Tammy Faye stood by his side through the scandal, her husband in 1989, he was sentenced to 45 years in prison on 24 fraud and conspiracy counts. Good Lord. In 1992, Tammy Faye files for divorce stating in a letter to the new covenant church of Orlando, Florida, quote, for years, I have been pretending that everything is all right. When in fact, I hurt all the time. I cannot pretend anymore. Good for her. Damn it. In 1993, she marries a property developer named Roe Mesner, thus becoming Tammy Faye Mesner. He was actually um, tied back to Heritage USA. He built a lot of the structures and churches around that area that were tied to the Bakers. Mm-hmm. And he actually spoke at her ex-husband's fraud trial in his defense. Oh, okay. Exactly. Th- these people, I'm telling you. In 1996, Roe Mesner, so the new husband, was convicted of bankruptcy fraud, claiming to have owed nearly $30 million to over 300 creditors in 1990. He served 27 months in prison. And that same year, Tammy Faye sadly was diagnosed with colon cancer. Perhaps her picker was off? You know, it happens. It, it do be like that sometimes. During the late 90s and early 2000s, Tammy Faye re-entered the spotlight through cameo appearances on TV show, and she became the subject of a documentary narrated by RuPaul, of all people. Oh, yes. Current yes. Emmy winner, if you didn't know. Most decorated Black artist in Emmy's history. Yes. Sorry, just had to get that in there. She became a gay icon for her work in AIDS awareness and attended many pride marches and parades. In her last ever television interview with Larry King, she said, quote, when we lost everything, it was the gay people that came to my rescue and I will always love them for that. So I, that's why I respect her so much. Like, yes, she had her own problems, but like, I love a figure in the Christian community 
being an LGBT rights advocate because so yeah. much of the Christian church is like no gay. And I appreciate that, especially the AIDS awareness part. Yes. And Tammy, the AIDS too, like they, they definitely needed some allies. Absolutely. Especially in this time period. Tammy Faye struggled with colon and lung cancers in the latter half of her life, causing her to suffer from panic attacks and severe weight loss. Oh. And sadly, on July 20th, 2007, Tammy Faye Mesner died at her home in Kansas City, Missouri at 65 years old. Obviously, I gave you a very, very quick introduction to her. So if you're looking forward to learning more about her, you can do your own research or you can go see the eyes of Tammy Faye at, in theaters now. That's a kind of stuff. I hadn't heard of her, but I knew Jim Baker's story. I just really? didn't know like her part of it. So that would thank you for adding kind of the feminist side of it. Love that. Very good. All right, so my last story is about Apple. Um, this is kind of a lame title, but it's called The Apple of the Valley's Eye shares some updates. The Valley I love that. <laughs> the Apple being, or the Valley, excuse me, being Silicon Valley, the Apple obviously being Apple. Um, so on September <laughs> Apple. Who else? Um, on September 14th, Apple had its annual iPhone event and introduced the iPhone 13 mini, the iPhone 13 the iPhone 13 Pro and the iPhone 13 Max. So following kind of the same standard models that they've been doing for the past several releases. But as we know, every September, they kind of come out with like the next iPhone and everybody always is eager to see what the new changes are. Um, and in all honesty, there's not a lot of changes, but we'll get into what is changing here. And it's never worth it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of just get the update because your last one went bust, right? Like Correct phones only last for so long when you're on them all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they also covered a little bit about the Apple Watch Series 7, the ninth generation iPad, and the iPad Mini 6. So those are kind of the main things that were uh, covered at this event. So the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 mini, what's big about this is they start at 128 gigabytes of storage, which is double what the iPhone 12 offers. So wow. you are never going to get that little annoying alert that's like iCloud storage full please upgrade oh are we now are we not now well do you have 128 gigs of stuff on your phone that's a lot I have a lot of pictures of BTS and 17 and Blackpink and twice on my phone okay well I have a lot of memes I personally would not know what to do with that much storage I guess other people have more content on their phone than I do. I, I'm pretty uh, strict about going through and deleting screenshots and things like that and duplicate oh, You would hate my dad. Oh, is that all that's on his camera? My roll? dad never deletes any pictures. Like literally we were looking through stuff and I made him download pictures of some K-pop idols for a video I was doing and they were still on his phone. I was like, oh. delete them. That's funny. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing is that there's a double the storage that the iPhone 12 offers on the base model. Like you don't even have to pay for this upgrade because it's already built into the cost. Um, speaking of cost, the iPhone mini, this starts at $699. So around $700 for this phone. The iPhone oh, wow. 13 is $799. The iPhone 13 Pro is $999. And if you really want to go buck wild and get the iPhone 13 Pro Max, that is $1099. So $1,100 for an iPhone um about a rent payment obviously most people do not I was about to say that's almost my rent people don't pay that up front like 
usually you can get on a payment plan, but what's really nice about those is there's no interest. So you can just pay it off over like a period of time. I think the standard is 30 months or something like that. So two and a half years, which is roughly how long it takes to want to update your phone again, unless you're one of those people who just has to have the new iPhone, which plenty of people are. Rich people. Uh, other element, excuse me, I bit my tongue. <laughs> <gasps> no. Yeah, that hurt. Um, other improvements to the iPhone 13, in addition to the storage, um, there's camera improvements, which seems to be what they do every year. They just tweak the camera. Yeah. Uh, it has a faster AI, excuse me, it has a faster A15 bionic chip, a smaller charging notch, and a longer battery life. And it's also heavier and thicker. So it's going to feel physically different if you get the iPhone 13 versus whatever you model you're currently having. Need me another brick in my pocket. Oh, absolutely. Um, the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 mini, they have a kind of a dual camera lens feature and the 13 Pro and the 13 Pro Max have three lenses. All versions include cinematic mode, smart HD4 for photos and something called photographic styles, which is basically like fancy filters that where you're not going to have to face tune or use afterlight or anything like that to edit your photos, but it's still not going to look like super saturated. So they're not going to be like crummy filters where everything looks orange it's going to be a little bit more professional looking so everyone can be an instagram model now not going to be orange looking well you know some of the filters are just too too much too saturated too warm you know i was asking because what are the girls in my hometown going to do for their pictures now i guess they'll just have to and maybe not look orange but if they want to look orange that's their prerogative I don't know what it is. Everybody loves that filter in my hometown. Literally everybody. I don't get it. That would not be my first choice, but I'm also not a photo expert. So that's kind of what was going on with the iPhones, with the iPhone, or excuse me, with the Apple Watch Series 7. The main thing here is it's going to be a bigger screen. Also are going to have a full, like on surface keyboard, which they don't currently have. Right now they have it just kind of pops up where you can draw the letters or you can dictate if you need to type something, um, which is obviously not the most efficient way to do it because typing is faster. So that'll be what's included on the iPhone, or excuse me, the Apple Watch Series 7. Um, so that's kind of what we have in hardware. As of yesterday, September 20th, Apple released its iOS 15 update. Um, and this has some pretty major changes. So we'll get into this. Perhaps most exciting for those of us who talk regularly to people who don't have iPhones, they are gonna have FaceTime that includes Android and Windows phone users. So you can now FaceTime people who don't have iPhones. I talk, to, I talk to someone regularly that doesn't have an iPhone, so. Well, now you can on FaceTime, you don't have to use Skype or Zoom or anything like that. It'll basically just generate a link and you just send the link to somebody and they can join it that way, um, but you can't do it. Like they have to request to join. So you're not going to have like randos without iPhones jumping in on your FaceTime calls, which is a good thing. Um, so that's pretty exciting. They're going to have integration for links that are sent in your Apple messages to other apps like Safari, news, podcast, music. There will basically be kind of like a folder or some something on the screen of whatever app you're in that'll be like shared with you. So you can just immediately go there, which Love is kind of nice. We're always sending a bunch of links back and forth. So that's exciting. Um, there will also be, in this update, you can search text that's inside of pictures. Ooh. So if you take a screenshot of something like Alyssa sending me the password for our Gmail account. 
I can search that now and I'll be able to find it a lot easier than just scrolling through my camera roll. Love that. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's going to use AI. Basically, the AI allows us or allows Apple to kind of have a better idea of like what's on your phone without necessarily scanning everything, but it'll help trigger like looking for it a little bit more, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. They're not scanning your photos as we talked about last week. Apple is not releasing that child porn safety update yet. That's not part of this. So everybody can relax. They're not looking at your nudes. Um, they're gonna have something on there called Focus, which is basically a variation of Do Not Disturb. Um, but it'll allow you to control a little bit more who's able to contact you, either specific contacts as well as apps that you can get notifications from. And you can set different profiles. So maybe if you set up a sleep profile, like nobody except your emergency contacts can bother you. Nothing from apps, nothing from you know other people, maybe just like your parents and your siblings are allowed to contact you while you sleep. You can set up a work mode where it's like, oh, people can contact you, but nothing from social media. So you can focus a little bit more, hence the name, stuff like that. So it's just a little bit more control and a little bit more of a variation to do not disturb, which I personally love do not disturb. I use it every day. <laughs> True. So there will also be Apple map reminders. So this is really helpful for commuters because it'll tell you things like when to get off the subway or the bus, and it'll have more of like images of like the surrounding area. So when you're walking somewhere and using like the walking directions, you can kind of like see if you're headed in the right direction or not. Because oh, yeah. I use the, the Apple Maps walking feature sometimes and I tend to go the wrong direction because I'm just like looking at the map and I'm like, oh, it's this way and it's not. So I'm excited for that one. <laughs> the photos will hopefully be helpful. In addition to that, they're gonna have a new redesign of Safari. This is kind of the biggest redesign that the app has undergone in a long time for the browser. Um, they're going to bring back the address bar and the back button, and they're normally kind of toward the top of the screen, but now they're going to be toward the bottom because this will kind of be easier for people to reach. I didn't even so know it was gone. Yeah, honestly, I didn't either, but this is <laughs> what was on CNBC. So, and then I'll also save groups of open tabs. So we always have a lot of tabs open. This will be helpful for that. Um, it has an upgraded Apple Spotlight feature. Do you use Apple Spotlight? I couldn't even tell you what it does. Yeah, I, I really don't either, but it's basically now it'll help you just get more information. Like it searches the web and your files and kind of makes things easier to access. Like, oh, do you want to know the score of the Braves game? Do you want to know this? Like, this is what it is. Or you can ask things. So it's kind of just more integrated with Siri, I think is kind of my takeaway from this. Um, speaking of Siri, she will be faster. So beforehand, if you were to ask her a question like, hey, Siri, what's the score of the Braves game? She would have to pull it from the internet and it would send the data back to some server in Apple headquarters in Cupertino and then send it back to your phone. It all happens pretty quickly, but now it doesn't even have to go to some external server. It's all gonna happen on your iPhone, which is exciting, um, which means Apple won't have any access to what you've searched on Siri. So if you don't use Siri because you're scared of Apple having your inf more information on you, not really an issue anymore because it just happens on your iPhone, which Apple does not have a back door into, so. Gotcha. Um, there will be an app privacy report where you are gonna be able to see like how often apps have been using your microphone and your location services and you can turn them off accordingly, so. That'll be interesting to kind of see how much people really have on you and what you need to do from there. And then lastly, this is kind of like the most exciting feature, but it's also not 100% ready to go. 
they will have driver's license and keys available in Apple wallets, like a digital version of keys and of your driver's license. Um, unfortunately for the driver's license, users have to wait until this is on board, onboarded and approved with their state government. Um, but eight states are already on board and the TSA already is on board with this as well. So if you go to the airport, you can show your driver's license that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and for keys, this really only works with smart locks on homes and on offices and stuff like that, where you unlock something with your phone, it'll be added to your Apple wallet now, as well as car ignition keys, where you can start your car with your phone that works with like BMW and a couple of other compatible vehicles, but yeah, iOS 15 is available as of last night. So yeah, that is exciting. That's a lot of cool changes. Do you have a smile file this week, Alyssa? Uh, I bought this Winky Lux blush the other day that looks like it's straight out of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it does look like Rose. That's it's pretty. so pretty. That's, That's pretty exciting. much it. Thank you. What about you? Um, I found out yesterday Alyssa's coming to visit me in less than two weeks. I'm super excited. We may not have an episode that week just because she'll be here. Um, it's my be- birthday. Y'all can deal. Yes, it is her birthday. And we're excited about that. So that's what I'm smiling about. I should have said All that. Right. I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> but the blush is exciting as well. It so. is. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We will be back next week, but not probably not the week after when Alyssa comes. So everyone have a good week. Thank you for listening. Yay!